see big talkers People must make sacrifices What we to make sacrifices But only the poor feeling what life is Everything today is taxes I hope you know the fact is We don't mind paying the taxes Higher taxes for better services You're here to serve the people Of that show But we can't pay the price If the service poor If we accept mediocrity Cause it's party jersey before country Then we is the problem And that we can't see So We have no friends Corrupted politicians share them But when their actions we defend I say If we put handcuffs on their hand And let them walk Cause we don't tell politicians Then we just as guilty as them Oh my shrimp They go We is the problem Don't cry now Don't pull no boy We is the problem Take a look now Look and see now And good morning, Trinidad and Tobago. Yes, we is the problem. Of course, that is yours truly um, singing uh, at Diddy March Cra 2018. I'm a Calypsonian as well, in case you all don't know. And welcome to Strictly Legal. This episode, we are speaking about property tax. And of course, that verse was about taxes. And you wonder, why are we paying taxes? We don't mind paying taxes, but for better services. And of course, um, in the budget 2022 um, presentation, the Honorable Colin Bird, um, Minister of Finance, presented that government is full speed ahead um, in introducing the property tax legislation. Um, property tax is nothing new to this country. And of course, it was paused sometime in 2009. Um, and... Uh, it's just going to start back. So what is property tax? Uh, what you should know. And today's episode is really about explaining the law relating to property tax. And in the studio I have is uh, a notable guest. Uh, once again, Mrs. Karen Nunes Tishera, who is an attorney at law author. And she was once the Minister of Finance who was in charge of that whole property tax legislation before the who. Hoorah. So, good morning, Karen. How are you? I am fine, thanks. And, of course, I'm pleased to be here with your viewers, as usual, and hopefully give some sort of enlightenment on the property tax, which, of course, as you have rightly said, um, all countries pay taxes. I know of very few who don't, and that's how the government is able to be able to facilitate or to provide services to the community through taxation. And thank you for your willingness to come on and, and speak about that. Uh, so, so for persons who don't know, what is, what is property tax, basically? Well, well essentially, um, I, I would just say that when I came into office, one of the things that the then Prime Minister was very eager to implement was property tax reform. It wasn't just looking at property tax, because property tax has been a tax that they work out, there's a formula depending on what classification your property falls into, and they apply the relevant rate of tax. But at the time when I came in and what has caused this um, many years of, of, of not starting off, yes. although I have to tell you at the time when I left office in April to, um, 20, 2009 or 2010, we had 250,000 bills that we were ready to set out. So what is the property tax? It's a tax based on, um, it's supposedly the most equitable form of taxation because it's across the bar, the same percentage, and of course it's based on the value of your property. But how did it come about? We had, in Trinidad and Tobago, um, until the Property Tax Act was um, uh, passed 
in 2010, yeah. we had two systems of taxation, the land and building taxes, and then alongside it, the Municipal Corporations Act. Now, what was the big difference? Municipal Corporation Act of 1990 allowed the municipal corporation, which included the city of San Fernando, Port of Spain, the boroughs of Point Fortin, um, Chagones, Arima, um, allowed them to determine between a scale between 2 to 10% yeah. to, to charge what they call land rates on property. Okay, so that is the basis. So they could determine 2 to 10%. So I'm going to go into that a little later. Certainly. Now, but, the, go ahead. but the rest of the country, which did not fall into a borough or did not fall into a city, came under the land and building taxes, which has been around since 1920. And simply what it did is it divided land from buildings. So if you had, a, if you had land that was between 1 and 10 acres, you paid $10 an acre on the land. If it exceeded the $10, there was another scale. I think you'd pay $15 an acre for the additional amount. And yeah. so it went. So it wasn't much. Well, what you would pay, though, was on the building itself was 7.5%. Um, so that was the situation then. And, of course, it created a lot of inequities because you, um, to a large extent, and what I think people don't recognize is that the biggest part of the problem was the fact that these properties were not being revalued in a timely manner. So we decided to take both um, part five, I think, of the Municipal Corporation Act. We repealed it. Um, we repealed the Land and Building Taxes Act, and we created the Property Tax Act. So that is how that came about. And basically, the Property Tax Act was really about, um, it, it was called that, which levies on property uh, value. Yes, so, yes. Well, 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 one of the things we had to do, and you know, this is, I think I need to say this, because often people just um, have said, even when I was in um, Parliament, and even members of my own um, party, were looking at it as, oh, the government is just looking at ways to collect money. Well, the government needs to collect money in order to give you good services, so we get rid of the potholes, we can get rid of um, all the garbage collection, all the issues, health, all the issues that, that local government deals, deals with. But my understanding and how I approach it, it was called property reform. And the reason why that was, was before, and you probably wouldn't know Rondell, or maybe you were a landowner for many years, <laughs> um, but you would have to go to your, wherever the land was located, yes. you'd have to go to that warden's office, they'd pull out a big, huge binder, and then they'd go and find your property, and then you'd pay it. So if you had land in Toko, and you lived in San Fernando, you couldn't go in San Fernando warden's office to pay. You'd have to go all the way to Tuku. So what we did is up, put it in a, uh, put in a system where it was all put on a platform so that regardless of the part of the country you lived in, you could pay your taxes at any warden's office. We closed off the Tuku one because it just didn't make sense. At any warden's office, but more importantly, we allowed you now to pay ATM. Like you see how you pay your WASA bill, yes. your TNTEC bill? is the same approach was going to be taken. So we modernized it by allowing the taxes to be paid in that format and got rid of the big books and allowed you at any part of the country, go in any warden's office, and they would send you a bill and they would break it down and let you see how they arrived at it. And they'd also make provision for objections and how you should proceed with objections. Now, in terms of this um, proposed property tax legislation, right? Um, so, so basically, the tax is, is payable now by what is defined as you call the annual taxable value. 
of, of the land. Correct. Right? And um and it is set out by schedule one of the legislation. Right. And so so tell us what how, how this property tax will okay. operate based on the percentage um, right. of the uh prop various properties. It's not only the percentage, it's how you arrive at the annual taxable yes. value because there are different methodologies that they apply. So if you're dealing with residential land and if we are to deal with commercial land, they use the same format. That is they look at what the annual rentable value of your property could be. It doesn't mean that you're renting it. You could be living there. But they look at the, the, the area that you're living in, people renting, whatever, and they come to the determination. Let's say that you would get $2,000 annual rental value for that property, um, $12 a month. So it will come up to 24000 And then, the, then they would take out 10% because they, what they call voids, because they recognize at some point in time you would not have the property rented. But then who determines that annual rental value? Uh, Sorry, annual, annual taxable value. Well, well that's valuation. Yeah. Yes. That is the work of valuation. Commissioner value. Exactly. And I Valuators. should have said that. So that's their job. So they're both interconnected. So who is doing, doing the valuation part is the valuation division. And so once they have determined or come to a new always can object, eh? you can always object. But so going back to residential. So let's assume after looking at all the information, your property, surrounding properties, etc., that they determine that you would probably get $2,000 a month if you were to rent it out whether or not you are renting it out. And they would then take away 10% because they said it would be empty for some point of time during that period. Yeah. So and like what about variable. And yeah. allow people to do, report, um, to do work on their properties, yeah. doing being a little realistic. So once you did that, the property would then be 21,600. And that is the annual taxable value of the residential property. So they arrive at that by applying the annual rental value would be X, minus 10%, and you then they arrive at the annual taxable value. And then it is at that point that the Board of Inland Revenue applies the property tax for residential property, which is 3% of that 21,600. Um, yeah. So it comes down really to, um, really to about $640. So, it's, so you have to arrive at the annual taxable value. It's the same approach with commercial. They look at the annual rental value, of course, it's not going to be 2000 it's probably yeah. more like 20000 By 12 to 240000 then they take out 10%, which will give will take out 24000 from 240000 Then you arrive at what will be the annual taxable value, and then you apply the property tax. And that the, is 5%. The pro and the property tax is going to be 5% with commercial. So the getting to the annual taxable value for residential and commercial is the same. But with residential, it's 3% of the annual taxable value. And for commercial property, it's 5% of the annual taxable value. But they use the same approach. When it comes to agriculture, though, they do not use that methodology. How do they start? They look at what is the capital market value of your property. And they determine that if your capital market value of your agricultural land, let's say it's 800,000, they then, in, try, in working out the annual taxable value, they take 2%, they apply 2% to the capital value of that property. So it comes down now. It's 2% or 1%? Because I'm No, 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 wait, we haven't reached okay. it, remember? Okay. This yes. is the point. Yes. We go to annual taxable value and then we apply the property, property tax. Property tax. Okay. okay, so let's make the distinction. You go through the process and the process for residential and commercial is the same using the annual rental value minus 10%, 10 okay. and you come at the yes. annual taxable value and then you apply 3% for residential and 5% for commercial. So that's what they do with commercial and residential. 
agriculture, they do a different methodology. They say 2% of the market value of, our, of the agricultural land to get at the annual taxable value. So if your land is valued at 800,000, they take 2% of 800,000 will bring you down to 16,000. And then of the 16,000, now we apply in the, because the annual tax of value now, now what we have to do now is apply the property tax. tax okay. And the property tax is 1%. So you end up in $160 for that property. And so that, is per, that is per month. Well, no, for the year. For the year, yes. Remember, one with the residential and commercial, they go determine if it's 2,000 or 20,000, depending on the, if it's commercial or residential, multiplied by 12 for the year, divide, take out 10% for voids. That is how they arrive at the annual taxable value of your property for commercial and for residential. Then you apply the appropriate property tax. So if it's residential, it's 3%. If it is commercial, it's 5%. But when they're doing agricultural land, it's not the same methodology. Understood. They go 2% of the capital value, market value of the agricultural land. I give you an example, 800,000, and then they take 2% of that. What is 2% of 800,000? It's 16,000, and that is the annual taxable value, and then they apply the property tax to it. And the property tax for agricultural land is 1%, so you pay $160 for the entire year. What about the industrial land? That also yes, forms they did part some, of the yes, division. So, Yes, so they, they, industrial, they took a little different um, approach because before it was only the industrial um, property, the machinery, the equipment that was housed in a building that was subject to um, the taxation, to working out the annual taxable value. But the le legislation now says whether it's in-house or out-house, once it's machinery and equipment, we are going to use all of it to determine what the taxable value is. So it's, they call it the install cost of all plant. So for, the, for install cost of plant and material, and, and yes, they apply 6% of what the installed plant is. So when they look at all the equipment you have for whatever your yes. business is, right, suppose that comes up to 800,000. They take, from that, they take 6% of, of that value of the installed plant equipment to get at the annual tax taxable value. value and then they apply the property tax of six percent and then the plant and machinery that are not housed in a it in does a not matter that is yes. what they're seeing if you're an industrial thing because look at the refinery of course now we don't seem to have a refinery anymore yes. but what they're really trying to see point leases whatever wherever you have it it doesn't have to be housed in a building for it to qualify yes. as um, so, so, so really and truly when you look at i mean when understanding the rates is quite reasonable with very. respect to residential land i mean of course commercial very, very you're much. earning uh, agricultural land as well so so why do you think there's an issue in terms of persons protesting oh. that you know, taxes, or is it okay. politics? I, I want to tell you, yeah. from my point of view, you know, because even in preparing for today, one of the things they're saying, you're not giving enough, um, um, you know, information. We had so many um, meetings. We had a booklet that we sent out to hundreds of thousands of people. And when we come back, um, I will explain to you, well, nobody wanted to pay it. And the people who really were not happy about it were the Port of Spain, people, and Port of Spain remembers LSD Park yes. and all of that. People were really not happy about it, as we will see as later. The rich uh, well, you <laughs> well. said the word, but you will see what it did, what it yes. used to be, yes. and what now happened to them. Because key, as you asked me at the beginning, 
and I had not started by saying everything turns on devaluation. And what had happened, and this is a fact, let's, let's say under the land and building, they had not valued lands for 50, 30, 40, 50 years. So you could be living on a mansion with an area of, um, in the south, this is now very well yeah. developed, right? And you would be paying the, t the annual rental value, or the, what, the, what the land, and then the 7.5% would be based on the property value that was done in 2035, 2040. Because yeah. we are accustomed because, to how it was. So yeah, because valuation was not a, a value in the property. Yeah. So a lot of people felt, you know, even though it was 7.5%, 7.5% of what valuation? A valuation that was done in 1940, 1950. So when you look at what that same property is worth in 2021, obviously you're not looking at, look at a huge difference. So 7.5% of a property that would have been worth, let's say in that time, $30,000, but now it's $3 million, you're still paying 7.5% on the 3000 That was the inequity in that Indeed. system. Karen, we have to take a break. So yeah. when we come back, we'll be discussing more on property tax. You're watching Strictly Legal on WESN Content Capital. And we are back. You are watching Strictly Legal. We are speaking about property tax, what you should know. So, Karen, before the break, we were speaking about the entire um, rate of tax for different um, properties. And it's right. something that you needed to mention. Yes, because what I want, and you sort of um, put my mind back to that. It isn't the percentage, you know, because if you were paying 7.5% on, on the building, under the land and building taxes, that's a lot more than 3%. But the problem, as I told you, is there were no valuations done. So one of that's why right now there's this push for valuations. But we had started it, and also people have to remember, even if their property for some reason is not valued or they fail to give in the valuation of their property, what is going to happen is if, if and when the valuation division does catch up on you, you will not only pay the valuation for the particular year, but the preceding years plus a penalty. But, that's, but I just wanted to make this point. You said to me, why was there such a hubbubu? Well, it was very, very politically, um, it was, it was political, oh, absolutely. Uh, Axie tax, talking about Margaret Thatcher with her pool tax, which, co which cost her, which cost her, her leadership. Yeah, yes, with John Bajor. Yeah. Because she, what she did is she went by the head count. And so you'd have people in inner cities, 10 people living in one apartment, and you go in a nice countryside with two people, and you are paying more in property tax than the person who is wealthy. So an example of that unfairness was also the municipal corporation. You know you could go between 2 and 10%. So I'm just giving an example. In Port of Spain, they went up to the limit, which is 10%. That sounds good, 10%. But guess when evaluations were last done? 1975. So if you're living in one of the high-end upper thing, you are paying uh, a property tax, what they call land rates, as it was called then, on a 1975 valuation. And that's next to nothing now. That's not anything. So everybody, they weren't unhappy. But San Fernando had their properties revalued up to 2004, and they were being taxed at 8%. And in fact, we found out that when we applied the new tax regime, that people from San Fernando were going to do better under the new regime. You looked at Arima, they, they did a residential, was 10%, but was updated to in 2002. And finally, point 14, only 2%, but based on 2008 valuation. So valuations are key. 
are key to the whole process. So that's why this whole push for valuations, because everybody is going to play the same tax depending on what category your yep. property falls into. And what, and what about exemptions? Are there, are there right. any sort of exemptions from paying these particular yes. tax? There, yes, there are lots of exemptions. Um, any house of worship, educational facilities, state-owned enterprises, um, there's a whole list of um, college of co-start, land belongs to the University of Trinidad and Tobago, the Council of Legal Education, of course, as I said, for churches. And parks and playgrounds as well. Uh, all these properties. I have a feeling you are mm -hmm. up to date with this. And yeah. I think, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so a lot of yes, properties are exempted from payment of um, property tax. But in addition, are from churches yes. and public worships and cemeteries and burials and et cetera, et cetera. Oh. Or the other thing that people were not aware of, which was in neither form of tax before, was that persons who were in certain impoverished circumstances, how would you determine that? Well, if squatters, basically. Not, okay. well, I, I wouldn't use the squatters as an example, you know, because okay. a lot of people squatting and it's, so let's not question would be whether squatters are, are exempted. Squatters are, are not exempted because correct. you can't use the fact that you're squatting on land because the owner of the land is not limited to the actual owner. It also includes anyone who is in actual physical possession. possession yes. And we very well know if we went down that road, there are many pieces of land or, or squatter land in which there are multi-million dollar properties. So you Indeed. cannot use that as a basis at all. But what I was saying is this, what was not there before and what we introduced, I think, in Section 23, if persons were in receipt of disability grants, NIS, that was the only form of, um, of, of, of um, I, um, funding, um, I think it's Section 23, I'm looking very quickly to find it. If they were in, that's public assistance grants, a disability yeah. grant, a senior citizen's grant, a conditional transfer grant, those persons, their taxes would be deferred. Now, that doesn't sound very, you know, we say deferred, but it's got to pay it, you know? But then it's deferred until your death. So whoever inherits your property. But if the person, my me, husband and wife, and in the same circumstances, inherits the property and falls into the same kind of category of impoverishment, the tax can be exempted completely. That was never there before. Another important thing that people do when they were talking and we couldn't be heard is that when distressed, you know, when you can restrain for, when you owe, so they can come in with the marshal and take your refrigerator and your furniture, etc., to cover the cost of the the tax that you're owing, it used to be one year after one year of you not paying, we moved it to five years. Another major one was with forfeiture. Forfeiture comes in after, uh, under the old legislation, the state could come and forfeit your land after five years. Under this legislation, it's only after 16 years. So there are a lot of good things that were put in in terms of forfeiture, which was always there. We didn't put that in. What we did is we made it more humane, if you want to see. We yeah. did it with distress. We made it more humane. We understood that people couldn't pay the taxes, and therefore we allowed them to apply for deferral, and in some cases an exemption, if the person who inherited their property was in a similar plight. So, so, so let's say, for instance, in terms of the owner. Now, of course, in order to um, establish ownership and for the commissioner of valuations to do what they have to do, um, there's something that the government is doing now where you have to send in a return. Right. right. Um, and I think the deadline is somewhere in November 30th. 30th. Yeah. So, so therefore, just walk us through exactly how important that is and what is the requirements. And because persons have an issue with, okay, I am occupying a land, am I the owner? Am I the well, occupier? Well, it's wide enough. Oh. It's wide enough. Because if you are occupying the land, I suppose the person who should really be paying it is the actual owner of the land. 
But if you are occupying and it says so in the legislation what owner includes, it doesn't say owner means. So it can be a very broad meaning. And of course, you always have the right to object and say, why am you, I paying it? I'm not the owner of the land. You know, so, but it gives it a wide enough um, definition because a lot of people will try, obviously, to avoid paying the taxes. Now, what happened is there is provision in the Land and Valuation Act, I think under Section 6, for returns to be given, and this gave a schedule at the end of the legislature. Yeah, that's the Valuation of Land right. Act, yeah. And it was very simple and straightforward, and, you know, didn't, but I think people feel, and I may be among them, but, but perhaps I have not looked at it in the detail that I should because you get this whole swash of paper and some people say we're doing the job of valuation and there's, um, you know, there's a lot of anger about it because I think asking me to take pictures, asking me to measure the, the length, I think, but it, so some of it, it was not there before and now they put it into the new valuation return, what you have to give them. So I think people are resentful of the fact that you've expanded what you asked me to give you. And it seems more like, especially people who are, I mean, a lot of people own land, but they're not most educated or most technically things. Some of them do have the facility. But then have people who are renting. So people who are renting land and are saying, whether do I have to fill out this or complete this particular It's the landlord, it's the owner. But, but, but there are also some concerns that the landlord owner. are not going to transfer. They will pay the tax, but they're not going to transfer that tax uh, to, into the rent. Right, right. To the, the, the rental uh, fee right. in order to recuperate their cost. Right, but then it becomes, a, it becomes then a vicious cycle, right? Because um, when you put up, uh, especially if it's commercial or, or restaurant business, they're going to pass it on to you. And the point is that if one would start doing that, you might very well lose a, a rental because this market is not a seller's market. This market has been for the last few years a buyer's market. There's a huge amount of inventory on the market and if the owner determined that he's going to increase it, then you could probably report them to the valuation division because if a valuation has been done, they are not valuators. I mean, and, and pricing, oh, yes, they're not, they, they're basing the increase on what? The tax that they have to pay. They may not say that, but then that is why the rent well, assessment board, we need to have a which proper is not rent assessment board. Which is not operational. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I think any, um, who, any person who owns property now, 3% is not a, lo a lot. You know, and it, I think half of the, the problem we had, or I had, and that's why I had hoped to pass it by, get it through by the middle of 2010, because I was fairly certain by 2011, people were saying, but this thing is not bad at all. Yeah. But we weren't given a chance, you know, and you know, what, what happened what happened. happened, yes. And you know, and people like Prakash Ramadan, who I have nothing against, but you know, talking that we're putting in a poll tax, and, and Margaret Archer did lose something over that, you know. And, he, and what the other thing that has happened um, now, from heard in the budget, is that um, people complain understandably at the quality of the maintenance of the areas. Yeah. I mean, it is true. I didn't use some loose bottles, but it, I mean, you can't help. And right? then Luasa digs up, right. and then too, yeah. it, it goes back to budget because the municipal, the local government is not, to me, they should be given the biggest budget in order to implement all right. these types of services. Well, what is happening? So, the collection of rubbish and so on, and yeah. you see the inequity in the way, if you live in a rich area, if the, so what would happen now, what's happening now, it goes into the consolidated fund and it, then the local government would then administer it. So it's not automatic that because your area has a higher 
uh, income level, it means that all the money is going to go there. You're going to, that's going to be the challenge. And these taxes are paid or required to pay, is it at the, the end of the financial year? I'm not quite sure because when we were there, I know they have a, and there's a moratorium. Because I was reading around months. the 30th of September. That was it. You, you know, yeah. you, so then you, yeah. yes, yeah. But, but you have a little deferral period. period. And I will tell you something, I might be wrong and Minister Imbut might just want to prove me wrong, but going to the valuation process is a long, arduous one, the way that he wants to do it. Because we were going to go on, and then as we went along, add people, add people, add people. So I think he's, I may be wrong, but using this as a stopgap measure to see how energy prices go, because they are going, natural gas is going through the roof now, and it's, I think it's going to continue in that regard. And then he looked to see if the environment is one where people will be more amenable to paying the taxes. So let's let's see property tax. Any any closing comments in terms of um, in terms of this area? Is well, it well, something we need to be fearful about, or is it just something we have to to deal with? <laughs> no, I don't think it's anything to be fearful for. I think the persons who will be more on that line would be people who like the commercial. I think those are the ones industrial because they've gotten away. Well, yeah. for want of a better word, um, a, a huge amount, and those they really are the ones to be more, more concerned. I had a name called Miss Taxera. It was very <laughs> amusing, and um, yes, I, I obviously, if I part, if I was part of that legislation, I agreed with it, and I felt that the formula. And I noticed, I noticed that the percentage was not changed, no matter who the government was. The property tax percentage was never changed. And, and it must be noted that this would have been done, I mean, even in the past administration, there was consideration as well. And, and the same, and same yes. thing, yes. And the same thing, but it was, I would tell you it's very politically fraught because when you're looking at something to get people upset about it, to tell them they have to pay more taxes. And, they, and not giving the taxation process an opportunity to be worked to see, but it's not much. Yeah. You know? Indeed. Uh, so, Karen, thank you so much for um, providing some insight, the legal insight that is, of course, uh, to the property tax. Um, I, I, as, I, as I've noted, uh, it's not about paying the taxes, but it has to be fair and equitable, and we have to get the services that are needed. Yeah. So, thank you so much. You are more than welcome. You have been watching Strictly Legal on WESN Content Capital. Of course, you can find us now on podcasts, and of course, at Strictly Legal with RondelDonald.com. Uh, so, please viewing next week again. Um, please tune in again. Thank you so much. Lawyer Have a blessed day. <laughs> yes, Lorian Calypso there. Thank you. <laughs>